Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of the Body Positive Mum podcast. I am your host as always, Adele Johnston, and I'm super excited that we're in a brand new year, a brand new month with a brand new episode. So without further ado, I'm going to tell you a little bit about today's episode. So I think with everything going on right now, it would be silly of me to presume that we are in this new year, new me, resolution and, you know, all of blah, 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 whatever. No, this episode is not about that. This is not about setting your goals. It's not about trying to motivate you into, you know, judging your emotions for a new year. This is about being realistic and authentic and actually... There's a hell of a lot of overwhelm happening right now. So this episode is dedicated to highlighting why we sometimes feel the way we feel when we're stressed, why that can lead to anxiety and overwhelm at times. So grab a pen and paper. You're going to want to note down and jot down some of these things. And hopefully you find all of the information impactful and helpful we're going to talk a bit about the positive and negative impacts of stress on the body and I'll explain why it's an accumulative effect on stress with a few different outlays. So like I say, grab a pen and paper and hopefully this episode gives you some insightful takeaways. So we're in a brand new year after I suppose what will only be ever described as one of the most historic years in a number of years, to say the least. I don't think there's any one way that we can describe 2020 as their ladies. Everybody has their own like take on it. Everybody has their own stamp on what it meant for them. But in this episode, as explained in the introduction... I want to chat you through some of the things that I've been hearing, seeing, feeling myself, but also within my client base and just talk through a little bit about how you can maybe help yourself at this time. We come to a new year and there almost becomes this added pressure in a way. I don't want to use such negative language, but let's just call it what it is. There becomes this negative pressure at points where we hit January and all of a sudden everybody starts talking about oh new year's resolutions what are you going to do to better yourself this year what one thing are you going to make sure you achieve in the year all of this type of stuff comes out because we naturally will gravitate towards it's been a shitty year the past year for some others have come out of it with really positive experiences relationships and there's everything in between, right? And there's no right or wrong way of doing this, but everybody has their own journey. So then we hit January and we start to think, okay, it's a new year, it's a new me. What do I want to do? What do I want to achieve? And all of a sudden, and this has happened to me, you've had this overwhelming moment of, I just want to survive the next 12 months and actually come out of it feeling happy. And I've never started a year without a massive big list of goals and ambitions and things that I want to do and places I want to go. And it normally sets me up for the year to be focused on what I want to achieve. But this year, and I'm not going to bullshit you ladies, I hit the new year thinking I literally have no motivation to sit down with my goal book. 
I don't want to create a vision board. I don't even bloody know what that vision board's going to look like. So do I want to put down all these things on there that potentially might never come to fruition? So rather than set myself up into a, an environment where every day I would be seeing that goal board or that vision board or coming across the goals that I'd written thinking, are these really going to be achievable this year given what's going on? I instead approached it in a slightly different way. I went ahead and I had to think about well, what do I want to get from and I segmented things. So from my business, where do I want to go with my business this year? How do I want my relationships to be with family and friends? And I started to think of it in that manner. Then I hit another blocker and it kind of became very apparent to me that I was in a period of just feeling very overwhelmed. So instead of having so much pressure, I just shut my journal. I put my nice Sharpie colourful pens away. I was not getting motivation from them. And decided, do you know what? We'll just revisit this when we're ready to. And instead, my one goal right now is to get through this year in as much of a happiest environment as possible. And that is it. There's no pressure. Let's just live life happily as much as possible. Knowing that there's going to be periods where going to feel a little bit overwhelmed, going to feel a little bit anxious and stressed. And that's why I then wanted to talk to you a little bit about coping. It's something that I've had to run through with a few of my clients recently, but on the back of quite a detailed accountability kind of SOS call with one of the ladies, we talked a bit around stress and it was stress in a couple of different lenses. So stress on our body and feeling stressed and what those differences feel like, look like, etc. What goes on in the body? Because, and she quite rightly asked the question, you know, what is the difference? Because I'm a coper and I manage things and actually I don't feel stressed. But I could tell as her coach that her body was stressed. <clears throat> so let me talk you through a little bit about what we covered in that session. Now, there's elements of it that are bespoke to her and I won't talk through those because of coaching client confidentiality. But the general high level stuff I want to share with you, because even if this just helps you, then it's this podcast episode's done its job. So coping, coping with stress, coping with anxiety, coping with overwhelm, coping with times of uncertainty. This is probably going to be a little bit of a gold dust moment for you. So grab a pen and paper if you don't have one already, because you're going to need one for what we're going to talk through. If you're listening to me on the go, then don't worry about it. You can review it back. And if you want me to, then I can almost, I'd created, I'd created a download for my client on the back of this discussion that we had. It was almost like a, a notes on what we talked about. I'm sure she would be more than happy for me to share these and we would just take out the elements that are bespoke to her. So even if that is something you think would help you, then just drop me a note, drop me a message and I'll fire it over to your email. Anyway, hopefully you've got your pen and paper if you are near one. And if you're not, don't worry. As I say, you can always hit me up, drop me a message and I can send you some of the notes over. So let's start with coping and how that becomes a bit of a balancing affair. Now, if I was doing this as a video and you were watching me right now, 
I would have, if you just visualize, a piece of A4 paper and just fold it in two. It doesn't matter which way. And I want you just to visualize writing the words in lowercase writing, event or situation. Then underline it. Then directly beneath that, I want you to write the words in capital letters, ability to cope. So you've now got this equation, if you look at it, that it's event or situation over ability to cope. The event or situation is in lowercase, therefore it's smaller. The ability to cope is in uppercase, therefore it's bigger. And that equation equals health. A healthy environment where your event or situation is smaller than your coping mechanisms, tools in your toolbox and ability to overcome them. Therefore, you feel fine. You're not stressed. You're managing through these things. You know, something like starting a new job, for example, and you've got all of this additional paperwork to do. Or you have a flood in your bathroom and you have to deal with the aftermath and the outcomes of that. Tradespeople, etc, etc. Phoning insurance companies. That can either be a make or break situation for some people. But in this situation, we're saying your event is smaller than your ability to cope with it. Therefore, you have a healthy response. Now, we've half that paper. I want you to then think about the second half of that piece of paper. And I want you to write the words in capital letters, event or situation, and then underline it. Then beneath that, in lowercase, write ability to cope. So you then will have your event or situation is larger than your ability to cope. And that's shown by the capital letters and the lowercase letters. And that equals trauma. So what we're seeing here is when our event or situation is a lot larger than what we're able to cope with, what we feel we have the tools in our toolbox to pull out and use, our mechanisms and abilities to cope with that situation at that given time, and we maybe have dealt with things like that in the past and been fine with it, but I'm going to explain why that happens in a sec. But that situation or event is larger than what your ability to cope or your mechanisms are enabling you to cope with. Therefore, that equals trauma, that equals anxiety, stress, and puts your body and mind in a state of trauma. So hopefully now, if you visualize, if you're listening to me on the go, those two equations, and if you've been following along with me and drawing these out, then you're able to see that event or situation over ability to cope in its health state and in its trauma state. Now let's move on to what I'd said to you previously just a second ago around explaining why potentially sometimes you've managed to cope with it in the past and you're thinking to yourself, I never used to be this fragile or I never used to be this vulnerable around situations. Well, there are many different accumulative things that can happen. And it's a positive or a negative impact, depending on the situation and how you are feeling, how you are perceiving things at that given time. So all of these things I'm going to talk about, they are an accumulative effect on your stress levels. Meaning that you might be sitting 
And for some of my clients this week, it's very much been this. It's not been one big event that they've been able to say, I know it's because when this happened, I then had a trauma outcome. It's kind of been the situation where we've been talking through things and all of a sudden, as we've started to do our SOS calls, we've realised, and I will always note take on them so that we can get a little bit of a bigger picture on what's happening, to then say, do you know what? It's actually been as a, a result of this, this and this all together at the same time, which has equaled that trauma event and how you're feeling. So let's have a little think about the things that impact on our mental state, our brain health, and subsequently then our overall emotional and physical well-being. So when we think about, let's look at three core areas. So if you've got, excuse me, I've just been drinking a cup of tea. I do apologise. So if we think about, if you're sitting with me right now with your pen and paper, I want you to write the word environment in capital letters on the left-hand side of your page. And then you're going to write a couple of bullet points to the right-hand side of that. I want you to write air pollution. And then I want you to write access to green space. Now, the air pollution, if you are like me and you like to have some colour coordination in your writing, I've underlined that one in red to show that actually that's a negative impact on our stress and on our state. So air pollution is kind of all around us in today's day and age, isn't it? But actually having access to green space, which I've underlined in green, because I don't know why, but we always associate red with bad or danger and green with health and well-being. So the access to green space can be a positive effect on our stress, being able to remove ourselves from a built up city area to take ourselves into a park or a local loch or somewhere to walk around where you can listen to the wildlife, you can smell what's going on around you, you can hear the birds singing and the water flowing. All of these nature, back to nature environments are positive impacts. I then want you to write the next word in capital letters on the left-hand side, which is relational. So your relationships. Then on the right-hand side, write poor friendships. That's a red underline. Bullying, another red underline. Lack of support, another red underline. And isolation, a huge big capital word in red underline. And I've paused for a minute there because I just want you to take that in if you've written it down and you're looking back at it. It's not that we've got poor friendships just now. If anything, they're just a bit detached because of the environment that we're in. We're not seeing our friends. We're Zooming calling them. We're WhatsApping messaging them. We're FaceTiming them at the very most but we're not getting to spend that quality face-to-face, -face, cuddle time, wine time with our friends. So it's not that we've got poor friendships or relationships, it's just that they are a little bit fractured at the moment. Bullying being another one, we can see that throughout and it does have a negative impact on our stress. And then 
isolation being huge. So right now, the isolation that we're seeing, feeling, experiencing is huge. And sorry, I'm just going to move out of the office just now because Sean's just come home and this is the life of sharing an office during lockdown. He's looking at me like I'm horrible. I'll take you into my living room. This is where people will probably be sending me messages saying, Adele, I wish you edited your podcast episodes. But I don't because I don't have time for that. So anyway, isolation. This is another big one, right? We're in a very unusual territory, to say the least. But it's a little bit known now, isn't it? We're a year into this. But it does have a very negative impact on our stress when we feel isolated, when we don't have human contact, when we don't have the things and the freedom and the experiences that we know keep us well. For some people, it's their Friday night at the cinema with their girlfriends. For others, it's meeting up with playdates with the kids. And for others, it's just having great quality cocktail time with their friends out or meeting up with a gym partner and going for a workout. All of these things that we would have taken for granted in 2018 to then have a complete overhaul in 2020, really. So those were all red underlines under relational or relationships. But a nice green one that we can put in there is supportive. And then in brackets, either partner, spouse, relation, someone that is supportive to you. And that person or those people need to be people or the person that you engage with regularly to avoid the feeling of isolation. Then if we look at dietary and nutrition, this is another one that becomes a very big positive or negative impact on our stress for both our mental and our physical. Poor diet is a red underline. A diet with low fibre or low fruits and veg is another red underline. And the way that we can combat that and turn that nutritional and dietary into a positive is thinking about how can we balance the diet out so that we can still enjoy the foods that we enjoy. We can still have the things that make us feel happy and the things that are highly palatable that we know give us comfort. Because ladies, I've covered this off before in previous episodes. There is nothing wrong with eating for comfort. I'm going to say it again. There is nothing wrong with eating for comfort. But what we need to ensure is that we're also eating for health, for nutrition, for body wellness. And the way that we do that is by balancing out our diet so that we know that we have adequate dietary fibre and that we have good fruit and vegetable intake on a daily basis. And if we know that we're falling short there, then it's thinking about some short-term solutions that you can put in place to combat that shortfall. So something you might consider is a multivitamin if you know that you're not eating enough fruits and veg. So you can see how accumulative effects can build upon your stress levels, whether they be positive or negative, just based on those three things we've talked about. Now, here's a section as well that's quite interesting. And I demonstrated this to one of my clients 
visually. So I'm going to try and do that with you guys on here. But let's talk about your brain for a little second. Your brain hates uncertainty. What it does is it ends up sending you as a, as a human, as a woman, into a bit of an anxiety state as a result of uncertain times. And it's all the way back to our kind of homo sapien cave woman years. You know, so this is ingrained in our build up. This is who we are. So what your brain will do is your brain will look, because it is this beautiful big supercomputer, but what it'll look to do is it'll look to hang that anxiety on something. Looks for thing looks for things that it can put that anxiety onto. So for example, you might find that at highly stressed or anxious periods in your life that you become quite fractious or touchy, that you jump to conclusions easier than you normally would do, and it just isn't who you are. You're not as zen-like, you're not as chilled in situations where potentially you would be when you were a bit more relaxed. And every single person has an anxiety or stress level. Everybody does. It's built into us. We have to. It's what enables us to have that fight, flight or freeze response to a situation. So again, think back to Homo sapien cave woman years. We had to have that. Otherwise, we'd be, we'd be far too vulnerable. So everyone has an anxiety or stress level that if we go above, that's where we spill over into I'm not coping. And if you think back to our very first equation, your ability to cope is not greater than the event or the situation happening. So the event or situation happening is larger than what you can do to cope. You go above that level of normal stress or anxiety and that's where it starts to turn into overwhelm and just really feeling out of control of what you can do. So hopefully I've, I've outlined that to you well enough without demonstrating it very, uh, visually. Now what that means to your body, and this is where it becomes a bit more of a I know that I don't feel stressed, but this is where you might see that actually your body's telling you those signs are there. You might find that your sleep routine is discombobulated a bit. You're not really sleeping as well as you were. You're not falling off to sleep as easier as you were in the past. You might find that you're sleeping more. You might find that through the day you're starting to feel quite sleepy and actually... I could just go for a 20 minute nap on the sofa and you never used to be like that. And the reason that that's happening is because your stress response is mediated by your central nervous system. This, this is just, it fascinates me endlessly on how our bodies work. So if you think about your central nervous system, this big amazing web that just connects your whole entire body together, and what that does is that alerts your hypothalamus, which is in your brain, it's a section within your brain, that you're in a stressed state. And what the hypothalamus then does is it signals to your adrenal glands, and I'm trying not to make this complicated, but it's just fascinating. And your adrenal glands, they sit on top of your kidneys. They release adrenaline, you'll be familiar with how that feels, I'm sure, into your bloodstream, along with cortisol. So adrenaline and cortisol together gets released into your bloodstream and it initiates a whole host of different physiological processes in your body 
But if you think about one that you'll be very familiar with is if you have, actually, here's a really good way of describing it. You're in a park, it's quite late at night and it's dark. You're on your own and you have no mobile phone with you. You know, even now you're probably sitting there thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, Adele, that's horrendous. But what happens then if you're walking along and you know that you can hear footsteps behind you? You turn, you start to look around because all of a sudden you're on guard. So it triggers that raft of blood pressure rising, heart pumping faster. You start to feel your adrenaline, your cortisol spiking. You're like, this is not a nice situation to be in. You're now in that fight, flight or freeze response. And when we talk about those three, it's almost, this is your reactions, right? This is a, I'm in a situation. Am I going to fight it out? Am I going to stand here and freeze? Tyrannosaurus Rex, can't see me if I don't move. Or am I going to run, flight? Am I going to run? Am I going to run away from this? And those are the three response mechanisms to keep us safe. So what I want you to take away from this is if you are, and this has triggered a moment of you've clarity to think, gee, yeah, do you know what? This explains a bit, Adele. Then I want you to take a little bit of time and I want you to grab a fresh piece of paper and in the middle, I want you to write your name. So for me, Adele. And then beneath your name, I want you to write enjoys. So Adele enjoys or Rachel enjoys or Margaret enjoys and then just draw a bubble around it. And you're going to do like a brainstorm session of what are the things that you enjoy doing and take the COVID restrictions away from this. This is not about what can you do? This is what do you enjoy? What do you enjoy doing in life? Do you enjoy reading fiction or do you enjoy reading for learning? Do you enjoy going abroad holidays in the sunshine? Do you enjoy going out to cocktails with girlfriends or having a a huge bubble bath with candles and really chilled music on? Do you enjoy going to the gym and working out? Or do you enjoy really deep meditations, yogas, pilates? All the things that you enjoy, I want you to write around that bubble. And here's a little exercise on the back of that. I then want you to take a coloured pen, pencil, whatever works for you. And I want you to circle the things that you can still do even though we have restrictions. So obviously, if you're putting things down there about going out for cocktails with girlfriends, that can't happen right now. So it will remain without a circle around it. But things like having a huge bubble bath with candles and relaxing music, that's got a circle around it. Things like reading for, you know, your fiction, to take yourself away into another world for a time, for that maybe 45 minute, 10 hour slot of reading, or reading for learning being able to learn for the for a 20 minute 30 minute period that can have a circle around it you can still do that so I want you to have a think about that and if you want to you can carry out this exercise and what it's designed to do then on the back of that is just to help you to see that although we are in this moment of overwhelm let's call it these are then our coping mechanisms because it's what we enjoy doing it's what gives us solace it's what gives us escapism We like to do it, therefore it makes us feel relaxed, makes us feel good. So that is your task from today's episode. If you find that actually you want more and you've been listening to this thinking, do you know what? Yep, I've enjoyed that. I'd like to know more, Adele. Then please 
drop me a message and I'm more than happy to answer any questions that you have. But focus on you, ladies. Take this time at the back of this episode to focus on you. And if you don't already, I know that I've talked about this before, I would absolutely super duper highly encourage you to make some time for you, for self-cares, whether that be 20 minutes to 30 minutes in a bath on your own, where you explain to your spouse, your partner, your loved ones, your kids, your dog, your cat, this is my half an hour, the door will be locked, do not shout mum, do not shout on me, do not knock the door, this is out of bounds and it's my area for the next half an hour, you will massively benefit from taking time for self-cares on a regular basis and you do not need to feel guilty for it. You have permission to look after your brain and your body because guess what? They're the only brain and body you're ever going to have in your lifetime. So look after her. Ladies, as always, it is a pleasure to come and record these sessions and episodes for you. And if you would like me to answer any questions, you know where I am. Please do not feel like my door is not open to you. It always is. So enjoy creating your what you enjoy bubble, roadmap, mind map, brainstorm. And please do make sure that you take some self-care time for you. It's so important. And just one final thing before I let you go. The way that this podcast can grow to help way more women. It's a free platform for everyone to enjoy, to feel educated. And I would love for it to grow as much as possible over 2021 with your help. So please, if you have enjoyed this episode and you've enjoyed previous episodes, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you give me a review. And if you have thoroughly enjoyed it and take away some really good pieces of information, then I would love it if you could share it with at least one other woman in your life that you know can then be helped. Because the more people we make aware of the podcast, the more people it can help. And you'll have then played your role in doing so. So thank you and have a wonderful week.